of the, the, the entire future story process, there has been Eric. Eric Ward has been there from the beginning, not in the same way that the word was there, but um, he has kind of walked with this entire process now, as has David Moss and um, Edith, and who am I missing? Um, he's not as out there as, as some of us are. He's thoughtful. His waters run very deep. Um, so sometimes when I'm around him, I feel like I'm drowning because he's got so many questions and so many answers and so many uh, insights that I'm, I'm very excited about listening today um, to what he might, where he might take us in all of this. Um, let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day, and we give you thanks for the teaching you will give to us. We give you thanks for writing that engages us and calls us to be better than we are, um, more faithful in our way to Christ. We ask your blessing upon Eric now as he leads us. Um, Lord, we don't necessarily need you to give him wisdom. You have already given him that, but give him an assurance of your peace that it may surround him as he teaches, and that he may be fully present to your leadership through the power of your spirit. And this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Have at it, sir. Good morning. All right, so today um, we are going to talk about receiving the kingdom. Um, and just by way of review, so the first week we had how we see God. Um, the, the next week we talked about how God sees us. Last week we, we talked a little bit about um, developing a Christian memory um, and remembering our stories. Uh, and in this session, we, we move on to then receiving the kingdom and living into a God-centered life. So um, we'll start with, we'll kind of break this up into uh, two, two main, main pieces. So the first one is that we'll talk a bit about the nature of the kingdom. And as we, we, we discuss that, then we'll have, you know, we'll break out into groups and we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit. And then afterwards, we'll talk about what that means and how that can affect our lives and what are some of the things that, that we can do to, you know, receive the kingdom, um, you know, in, in our daily lives and how we can, how we can grow into a Christ-centered life. So um, the nature of the kingdom. So the, the first thing is that our view of the kingdom is necessarily shaped by our view of God. And, you know, that go, takes us back to the first week where we, we talked about what is our picture of God, how do we view God, um, and that's going to shape how we view the kingdom. Um, and in the book, um, you know, Trevor Hudson says that, you know, whatever else it is and whatever else our view of the kingdom is, um, he shows us a loving father who, you know, welcomes the prodigal child with a big hug. In fact, he runs down the road, right? So that's, that's one view of, of what this kingdom is. And, you know, that's a, a pretty central view of that. Um, he also points out that the kingdom is, you know, wherever, wherever the loving will of the father effectively reigns. All right, so, 
you know, those are, those are really good, really good pictures. Um, but part of that is that, you know, when I, when I look at that, it resonates with me, but it's, I'm not really sure necessarily do I have concrete examples of that. And luckily, um, we do have an example, right? So our, um, one example that we have is, you know, that Jesus broke into the world. He broke into human history, and he shows us what the kingdom of God is. And he also not only makes it visible, but makes it available to all of us. And um, I was having a conversation with Dave before this. One of the things that I don't think um, Trevor Hudson brings up is that it's not that the kingdom of God started then. The kingdom of God always has been. And so this is, this is us um, seeing the kingdom and then the kingdom is available to us and it's inviting us to join in with the kingdom, right? So it's, it's, always, it's always been there. Um, so part of then in scripture, what you know, we, we know about the kingdom is scripture says that the, 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 the kingdom is at hand. And what, what does that mean for us, right? And, and the, the kingdom, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, again, we have a lot of different views of what the kingdom is. Maybe the kingdom is in the future. Maybe the kingdom is the, the you know, kind of after, after I've passed. But, you know, I think if we, if we look at that, what it means is that the kingdom is for the living. Um, it is, um, you know, it's now. So we, um, so it, that means several things that can have, a, a, I think, a profound impact on our lives, right? So it's right here, it's right now. Um, it is a gift to us that we can live into now. Um, it isn't something that we work toward or that we save up for, um, you know, at the end of our lives. It's something that we participate in. Um, I, th I think the other piece that is, that I took away from, from this chapter is that it's not transactional, right? It is not that we... Um, receive the kingdom and we receive all of the kingdom at once and then we're done. Um, but it is a, um, it's, it's, it's relational, right? It's ongoing. And, you know, this is something that, you know, from the beginning of Future Story, we, we've talked about, right? We talked about living into, into transformation and allowing God to transform us and transform our lives. And that's a, a gradual process. Um, and that process is a deepening relationship with God um, you know, a deepening relationship with creation and a deepening relationship with each other. Um, so my favorite quote or favorite little idea from this particular chapter is the idea that Trevor Hudson puts in there that it is, it is a bunch of little Easters, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's many small resurrections, right? Maybe they're daily, right? Maybe we, we start over. It's not a once and for all thing, but every day we can experience the resurrection. We can experience, um, you know, the, the, that living into the, the kingdom, and we can, um, you know, get a little bit closer to God. Um, and those resurrections daily transform us. And I think the other quote he had in there was one of the desert fathers, Anthony, said that every day he gets up and he says, I start again, right? And I think that that's a, that's a key piece to this, is it's something that we have to practice. It's something that we have to live into. Um, and then, you know, finally, the other thing is, is that it's a, it's a sheer gift. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about repentance, we talk about belief. Um, and, you know, and this is not something, you know, we don't repent because we want to earn favor 
um, you know, or earn our way into the kingdom, but the kingdom is a gift that's available for us. And, you know, living into the kingdom is, is part of that gift. All right? So that was the first part of the chapter, right? Um, Trevor Hudson explains and kind of, you know, talks a little bit about what the nature of the kingdom is, um, how we view the kingdom, why we would view the kingdom in the way that we do. So that kind of brings us to our first, our first holy experiment or our first, you know, discussion on the table. So what I, what I would like you to do is, you know, look at, when, when discuss on the, around the table, brainstorm, when you hear the phrase, the kingdom of God, what comes to mind? What do you think about when you hear the phrase, the kingdom of God? What does that mean? Um, what has it meant throughout your life? What does it mean moving forward? And uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. This take about 10 minutes or so. You guys discuss that and then we'll share out and then we'll move on to the next piece, which is about repentance and belief. All right. Is there anybody that would like to share kind of what they discussed at their table? What your views of when you, what do you think of when you think of the kingdom of God? Any examples of what you guys heard of or what you guys think of? We had, um, a, a, we had an interesting conversation because in our small group a few years, <laughs> I'm sure my small group friends are laughing now, but uh, in our small group a few years ago, we spent a huge amount of time on this because we were reading some study, I don't remember which one, but it was all about the kingdom of God and we had all sort of felt that in our growing up that was a void in education that we really felt that no one had really talked about the kingdom of God except that it was to come in the future when we died and so a number of people at the table felt that way some people at our table said that they went literally to the prayer and the whole idea that the kingdom was on earth but we couldn't see it and in the future also and then we also said we delighted in his, Hudson's theory that, you know, the little Easter's and the idea that um, the kingdom is whenever the li wherever the living will of the Father efficiently reigns. We like that. I, I was, um, it's funny you say that because I was reading another book by, I think it's Dallas Willard. He had a whole chapter on this and he, he had discussions where he said, he had discussions with other pastors and they were trying to remember when they'd ever preached on the kingdom of God and many of them were like I don't think I ever have and I don't know that I've ever heard anybody pre preach on that so I think you're right it seems like it's not something we talk a lot about so anybody else Our discussion uh, echoed <clears throat> Nancy's very closely, and um, I think there was uh, some feeling that many of us thought of the kingdom as the kingdom to come. Um, Mike Opart pointed out that the kingdom may be described as what is called shalom, the peace of God um, now. Um, but I think we all felt that it was not a subject that had been really dealt with uh, 
very much in any of our experience. Um, we also talked about the Lord's Prayer and the concept of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's, it's now, it's not future, completely right. future-oriented. Right. <clears throat> Thanks. Anybody else like to share? We talked about the difference between kingdom, community, and church, and that uh, Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this earth. And, and yet, in the midst of all the kingdoms of the earth, that if we can be a community that is known as love and all that goes along with the Christian ethic, and that community is his church, his called out ones, uh, that we can have uh, an amazing witness to the kingdoms of this earth. But we, um, George comes from one of two countries that is officially based upon a religion in every aspect of their world, that in Israel. And there's a difference there, isn't there? So, for what it's worth, kingdom, right. community, and church. Right. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. All right, yeah, I, I think that, you know, that was, that was kind of what I got out of, you know, as I was reading this, this chapter as well, um, that it's not something that we talk a lot about, um, you know, I, you know, and the, you know, it's not something we talk about, you know, to your point, um, you know, how does it relate to church? How does it relate to community? How, how does it relate to, to today? And, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, Hudson brought out with, you know, when Jesus gives us that example, you know, he says that my kingdom is not of this world, but, you know, when he was, you know, um, Hudson was saying that, you know, whenever he ministered, right, whenever he helped somebody, whenever he healed somebody, you know, that was um, extending God's effective reign, right, and his will. And so that's a witness to us that, you know, that is the kingdom in our midst, and it, and it breaks into our world. Um, and, you know, that is this ongoing thing. So, um, very good. I, I, I have to tell you that I wrestled with this all week, and it was, it was hard to, you know, I think probably to Nancy's point, just because we don't talk about it a lot, it's not something we've learned about. But, um, you know, I think once you kind of get into it, it's like, wow, there's a lot there, right? So I'm not sure why we don't talk about it, just, you know, but that's the way it is right now. So we talked about the, we've talked about the nature of the kingdom. And then, you know, Hudson kind of moves into a little bit about, you know, here's the kingdom, here's what this is, but... Um, what does that mean for us, right? How do we receive this gift? How do we enter? How do we enter the kingdom? And so we're going to look at this a little bit, and I, and I think that I'm not sure that he brings out the point completely, but I'm, you know, he, you know, obviously there's are two ways to do this. These complement many other ways that we could receive the gift, but, he, you know, he picks two. Um, and he picks um, repentance and belief, and then he uses, this, he uses this picture of clenched fists and open hands, right? That we can't, you can't receive a gift if, you're, if your fists are clenched. The only way that you can receive a gift, gift is with open hands. And so he talks about these two ways that we can open up our hands. Um, 
So before we get into repentance and belief, because he also talks a little bit about making sure that we know what we're talking about when we talk about repentance and belief, because I think we have uh, a lot of ideas about what those terms mean, and he has some specific things in mind with those. But let's look a little bit at the clenched fist and the open hand. So one of the things that, you know, I, um, you know, as I was reading this about the, the clenched fist, um, you know, I asked my, myself, when we have this clenched fist, it's not that we're not, it's not only that we're not receiving the kingdom of God, it's not that we're just saying no, it's that we're holding on to something else instead, right? So what is that that we're holding on to? Why are we holding on to that? That's, yeah, exactly right. Um, and so when we hold on to these things, right, obviously our hands are not open. So we hold on to these things tightly. We can't receive the kingdom. And we, we hang on to them because the f- they're familiar, right? They're comfortable. They're what we know. But um, I think we know at least a little bit when, when the Holy Spirit kind of breaks in and gives us this inkling that there's something better out there, right? There is the kingdom of God. But even though we know that, it's pretty scary to just let go, right? It's, it's, it's scary to drop these things and, and move on to something else. So, you know, it's comfortable to be where we are, even if it's not really comfortable, it's, it's what we know, and it's scary to move on to something else. So, um, you know, ag- again, um, you know, we look at these holding on to these things with clenched fists, not only keeps these things here, but it is effectively saying no to God and his kingdom. If we open our hands, right, we are inviting God to lead our lives. We're inviting his leadership. But, um, you know, to your point, we're also opening up to our community, to our, to our fellow, um, you know, our neighbors, our, you know, everybody around us into the world, right, which, which is also, you know, again, part of the, part of the kingdom. Um, and I think part of the thing is that we, even though we have this inkling that something is better out there, we don't, um, we don't actually look at, at what the value is of that. We only look at the cost. We only look at the cost of what it's gonna cost me to let go of this thing, right? This thing is gonna be gone. And we don't think about what we're getting instead, right? And um, you know, again, I was reading an, another book and in this same kind of thing, they, they talked about the, the parable of you know, the treasure buried in the field. Right? If you know there's a treasure in the field and you know it's of infinite worth, do you care how much it costs to buy that field? You don't think about that, right? Because you know what there is better. So you know, a lot of times I think we get caught up in, in what, it, what is gonna be taken away from me and we don't think about what I will receive as part of this. And you know, there's, a lot of reasons why, there's a lot of reasons why we do that. Um, I'm gonna go back one here because as I was talking about this with Edith, a little bit yesterday, um, you know, she pointed out that I think that I, I like the picture of the closed fist and the clenched fist that we're grabbing onto things. But I think that physical, um, you know, that that physical representation I think might lead us into us holding on to physical things, right? Oh, I hang on to my possessions. I hang on to these worldly things. But she pointed out that it's not just physical things that we hang on to, right? We hang on to control. We hang on to anger. We hang on to guilt. We hang on to status. Um, you know, we hang on to, and we do hang on to our possessions. 
right? So it's not just physical things, it's not just the things that we think about, but it's these other things in the background that even though they might not be comforting, they seem comfortable, right? Because they're familiar, because I've always had this. I've always been this angry at this person or whatever. So we don't give these things up. And we, we only count the cost of what it would be to give those things up. So I want to make sure I made that, made that point. Um, so then Trevor, talks, Trevor Hudson talks about the fact that only hands opened by repentance and belief, right, can, can really receive this gift of the kingdom, all right? So um, he also talks about that, you know, these are, these are loaded terms, right? We have a lot of ideas in the back of our mind. What, what does repentance mean? What does belief mean? And he has some particular things in mind. So let's look at that really quick. Um, so when he talks about repentance, right? So repentance, um, and he says, uh, you know, the Greek word is metanoia. It means to turn back or to return, right? So it, it's, a, it's a turning. It's, you know, a, a turning of our direction, right? And I also like the way he says it, not just a, not just a turning of our direction, but it's a recentering of our lives, right? It recenters our lives, um, and, you know, it begins to center our lives on God and the kingdom, and begins to move away from centering on ourselves, right? And again, to, to kind of repeat his, his beginning, you know, thesis, and, you know, we talked about this, and we will talk about this more, repentance isn't a thing you do once, and then, oh, I've repented, and I'm good, right? Then I'm done, I've done that. It is, it's every day. It's that, it's those little Easter's, right? Repentance is every day. That's, that's a, a chance for resurrection for us, right? Where we can live further into the kingdom of God and we can experience that, that Easter every day. Um, so every day we start again. And I also like the phrase that he uses that repentance keeps us open, right? It keeps us open um, to grace in our midst, right? This we, we realize quickly that this isn't something that we can do, right? So that we need to be open, uh, we need to be open to God. So what that, what that means is, you know, he also talks about the fact that this all sounds really great, and I think we all maybe know when the Holy Spirit talks to us, we have that inkling in the back of our head that this is something that we want, right? Not something that we should do, but something that is truly great, that's truly good for us. But it still opens up a struggle in our lives, right? We still, we still struggle, you know, we don't want to let go. We want to return to that control. We want to return to that, that comfortable place that we were. So, um, you know, we want to go back to our familiar. Um, and, you know, he talks about the fact that he still has that struggle daily, all the time, in little things and big things in his life, right? So, but what happens when we do this and when we continually repent, we continually turn to God, we continually turn to the kingdom, we continually recenter our lives. We move from, you know, we move from a self-centered world to a God-centered world. We're going to move from, you know, my life to the kingdom life. And, you know, we are going to let go of this illusion of control for God in control. Um, and, you know, again, it's not without struggle. And, you know, we go back and forth. And, um, I also like what he said on that, that this is, you know, we can turn our back, we can wander off, but this is all about returning to Christ, and Christ never leaves us, right? He's always there. No matter what we're doing, we, we're, we might be wandering in the ditch, but he's, he is there, and this is just, all we have to do is turn around. He's right there.
So that's what repentance is, right? And that's what starts to open up our hands, right? We're clenched fists, and then we open up our hands, but it's a daily thing. It's a struggle. It's not a once and done. So this causes us to think differently, right? When we do this, we begin to think differently about God, ourselves and others, what is rich, what is poor, what is creation, what is my relationship to creation. It, thinks that it, it has us think differently about everything. So, um, so we're all familiar with this, right? We're all familiar with this, think different, right? I think what Trevor Hudson is saying is he's saying think different, right? Because we, we are gonna center not on things, you know. Apple wants us to think different so that we buy their stuff, right? They may make us feel like we're cool when we do that or whatever, but really they just want us to buy their stuff, which apparently I have bought into that. Um, <laughs> but that's not the same as what we're talking about here, right? When we think different here, we're receiving a gift. This is, this is the kingdom life, right? So this is, this is a completely different thing, all right? So our next holy experiment. So what I'd like you guys to look at, and we, we talked just a minute ago about culture, right? And uh, what culture does with Apple, it's iconic. But what in our culture, in our world, makes it, gets in the way, makes it hard for us to repent? And then the other thing is, what in our world or our communities or our friends helps us along that path, all right? What helps us repent? So what makes it hard in this world, and is there anything that we have that can help us along that makes it, makes it easier, all right? So we'll take about 10 minutes, and then we'll, we'll share out, and then we have, we'll, we'll have one more um, segment after that. What I'd like you guys to do is this hold, hold your ideas for this one, um, the, the last experiment, holy experiment, kind of relates to this. And then we'll have time to get everything. We'll, we'll, we'll share this out. So we're running. What? Okay. All right. So we'll come back and share this out um, with, the, with the last holy experiment. I'm running a little bit short on time. Um, you know, when I started, Nancy, to your point, I thought, well, I don't have anything to talk about. And then I had too much to talk about. So, um, so I want to make sure we're out of, you know, we're out of here in time to, to get, get to worship. But, I, but we have to bring in the next piece. So um, Hudson says, right, it's the open hands, open hands from repentance and from belief. And again, he has some specific ideas about how belief and repentance relate, right, and how they work together and what they are. So um, what, he's, what he says about repentance um, and belief and how they go hand in hand, he says that repentance, if repentance gives us a new center of our lives, right, it recenters things for us, then belief begins to surrender, right? Surrender the old, and we're gonna yield ourselves to Christ who becomes our Lord, right? And to be able to do that, right, to be able to, to, to you know, we, we turn, we start letting go, but to really let go of things, then we have to we have to have belief, and and he says specifically that there's some things that you know again that that means. Um, you know, one of his quotes was, "It's not enough to you know intellectually assent to the existence of God," because he says, "Well, the devil does that, right? The devil knows that God exists, but he doesn't believe in God, right? And so that's not what we're talking about." So he has some specific things. So the first one is, "Who do you say that I am?" Right? And we have to believe that through Jesus, 
God stepped into human history, showed us the kingdom. Um, you know, we, we have to believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and then Hudson also says that belief of this kind for us to really let go and, and you know, yield to the leadership of God requires us to entrust ourselves to the crucified and risen Christ. Right? We have to do that as well. And then finally, he says, and again, this gets back to the theme that this is a continual thing. We have to steadfastly learn from Jesus how to live, right? And again, this gets back to the fact that we have an example, right? We have an example of what the kingdom looks like on earth. So we can use that as an example. We have many examples, but that's the one um, specifically that he talks about. And then again, it gets back to the point that this is a process that takes a lifetime and beyond this lifetime, right? We're never gonna become perfect here, but we can work toward that. Um, and I was reading, um, as I was preparing for this, reading some C.S. Lewis, and one of the things he says, in, to paraphrase him, is you better be careful what you ask for, because if you ask God for help, he's really gonna help you, right? And he's not gonna stop. As long as you're in, he's not gonna stop until you're perfect, whether you wanna be perfect or not, right? And so whether you wanna hang on to these things or not, he's gonna help you go down this road. And we can always turn our back, right? And we can go into the weeds and we can come back. But he's always going to be there, right? He's committed to this. So, um, you know, again, to kind of bring this all together between belief and repentance, um, you know, these two hands open, right? Open hand of repentance, open hand of belief. We can receive the kingdom of God. Um, and, you know, to put it another way, re repentance will, will turn, and we'll recenter and we'll, you know, we'll look toward God. But um, belief then relinquishes our lives in his hands, right? We start, to give, we start to let go of control. We start to let go of our possessions, our status, whatever those things are. And we begin to trust and we begin to live into this, right? It's a continual process. But if you just think about that, what if we all, if we all did that every day? If everybody did that every day, that's probably what the, that's what the kingdom of God would look like, right? So you think about that, it just gets better every day. And you just have to keep coming back and coming back and growing um, into, into the kingdom, okay? So our final um, experiment, so, <clears throat> excuse me. The, the last one we talked about what things are out there that make it hard to repent, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, what things might make it easy to repent. Um, in our last one, what I want you to talk about is, is whether it's hard or easy, these things, you know, they ebb and flow, but where, where do you see glimpses of the kingdom in your life? Because that's how it starts, right? We're going to see glimpses. We're going to see little flashes, and pretty soon they become more and more, right, as we live into the kingdom. So, so right now, you know, where do you see glimpses of the kingdom breaking into your life? And there, are there some examples from the first holy experiment that we had with your vision of the kingdom that, that you know, that's, this, is, this is what I think about when I think about the kingdom of God. Here's an example of what that looks like in my life. Or maybe you had a different vision of the kingdom of God, but you get glimpses over here that didn't line up with what you thought. So think about that. And then also we'll discuss a little bit here. Um, so I'll give you guys about five, six minutes to do this. We'll also then talk about what makes it hard to see those glimpses and what makes it easier to see those glimpses. All right. That's All right. All right, so let's wrap it up. 
And um, we'll, um, we have about five minutes left. I want to be respectful of everybody's time to be able to get to worship this morning. But I also want to, um, you know, share this last bit out. So is there anybody that would like to share from their tables, you know, where you're seeing glimpses of the kingdom and um, maybe what makes it hard or easy? You've been volunteered by your friend. She has a great story. Okay, great. I've been volunteered um, under duress. <laughs> Just said, um, I have kind of an interesting story. A lot of you know my daughter's adopted. And... Um, I was supposed to be out of town when she was born. Um, I had a trip scheduled with Volvo, and they postponed it, and they wanted me to go during a specific time, and I said no. And I just had a feeling, don't leave the country now. And I was real stubborn, and I told them, I'm not going now. You need to send me at a different time. And, you know, really fought with them, and they kept trying to make me go at this time. And I said no. And just, you know, just a feeling, well, it turns out that's when my daughter was born, and I had no idea the birth parents chose me and it all happened like within 24 hours I would have missed out on being able to adopt her had I been out of the country um, but that's just half the story the other side of the equation is she has a sister who's 10 months older than she is um, the lady who adopted her actually was from West Virginia and she was living in Washington State at the time and kind of on the whim, um, real impulsively, she Googled cheap places to retire, and Youngstown, Ohio came up on the list. So kind of out of the blue, on a whim, she moved to Youngstown, ended up being neighbors to the birth parents of our daughters, and that's how she adopted her daughter. And, you know, we both said we felt very led for the decisions we made because, I mean, she had no reason to go to Youngstown. She doesn't particularly like it, um, but you know, she said, obviously I had to go to Youngstown to get my daughter. And I said, yeah, I'm the same way. I was supposed to be out of the country and I was just convinced I shouldn't leave. I, you know, I thought maybe the plane would crash. I, I just felt something, I had to be home for some reason and that's why. So that's where we see it. Awesome, thank you. Anybody else? It doesn't look like we have anybody else, but um, yeah. Well, I think we talked a little bit. I think one of the ways we've all seen glimpses of the kingdom breaking into our life have been the minutes in our Sunday morning worship of grace in our midst. You know, something like that. Um, all of the stories we've heard about people being in the right place at the right time and maybe not intending to be there, but ended up there. So that was one of the things I think that we talked about that, that we all here can relate to. We all may have some version of, of a story, but I think we all relate to those. Right. Thank you. All right. So, um, you know, just kind of wrap this up. Like I said, at the beginning of the week, it took me, it took me till Thursday to figure out how to even approach this, right? I, it was, I was getting kind of nervous. But, um, so that's, that's uh, seriously, my, my version of this, I, I prayed a lot about how do I talk about this? What does this mean? And how, you know, and, um, and just waited on it a little bit. So that was, that, you know, that's a, that's a small, a small thing, right? Discernment on that. But, 
um, as I got into it, it just, you know, I was able, you just seem to be able to keep mining this over and over, and there's a lot of stuff here, and we just, I think we just scratched the surface. I think you could do more presentations on this, but, um, you know, I, I think that just the idea that um, it's a continual thing, we're living into the kingdom, the kingdom is now, and if we just start over every day, and we look for those little Easter's all the time, and know that the kingdom is always there, and, it's always, and, and Christ is always there for us, so all we have to do is turn, and he's with us, okay? So that, um, that's kind of what I took away from this, and I, I, really, um, I really enjoyed this chapter a lot. So, um, so our time is at an end, um, and uh, so I'll close this in prayer, and then you can, everybody can get to worship. Um, Heavenly Father, um, we pray that you will lead us to repentance, that you will lead us to little Easter's every day, um, that you will um, help us open our hands, help us let go of what we have, open our clenched fists to your kingdom. Uh, we pray that you will um, be with us on our journey, and we know that you'll always be there when we turn back. So please, um, you know, help us continue our journey into the kingdom and help us look for these glimpses every day of the kingdom in our life and help us work toward making those glimpses happen more often. In your son's name we pray, amen.